0: T-minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, all three engines up and burning, 2, 1, 0, and liftoff, the final liftoff of Atlantis on the shoulders of the space shuttle, America will continue the dream. And blast off. Hello ladies and gentlemen, this is the Jake Schaefer Campaign. I'm your host, Jacob Mark Schaefer. And this is my campaign. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while now, you're cool. Now, without further ado, the next episode of The Fleeting Prince. Chapter 18 Gailhout trotted quietly beside the trope's wagon, doing his best to ignore the large wolf that lingered behind. He kept a collected seat, but the way his horse shook every time Merrick drew near showed that at least one of them was wary of the beast. Servantimir, riding opposite Galehout, was not faring much better. He watched the wolf constantly, tilting his head that he might better see through the slit of his helm. More than once he twisted in his saddle to look for the beast until at last Merrick bounded off into the woods, vanishing from sight. Shiva watched them both with calculating eyes. It was good to know what men feared. The trope had accepted the knights openly, Though known to be somewhat of a recluse, Lord Magnus had an honorable reputation among the people, or at least a fair standing, and having two of his knights as escorts was seen as a good omen. The warden had resumed his position on the rear cart beside Jos, who seemed open to the company. The youth had asked many questions at first, and while Sir Gailhout was willing to answer them, his answers were short, and offered little explanation as to the nature of their duty. He's not far. Shiva answered when Jost asked where Merrick had run off to. Close enough to answer my call if the need should arise. Though I doubt any trouble will come our way, that Merrick doesn't know of first. Yet even as he spoke, doubt trickled at the back of his mind. The frozen woods had grown colder, and the arrival of Sir Gaelhout and Sir Vantmir weighed heavily upon him. The tropers may have taken to them without concern, but not him. Lady soon had said nothing of an escort, and he was left to wonder. Did they portend some new evil, or were they ambassadors of providence? He could not say, but inside doubt had taken root. A smart beast, your wolf. Rarely have I come across such intelligence outside the ravens of my master. He is larger than the local breed. Tell me, where does he hail from? Gilhaut asked with a smile, turning in his seat. He is of the north, Shiva answered, but he is not mine. I make no claim to him, except perhaps that I am his guide, and mean to see him back to his master. Oh, of the north, you say? That's quite a distance for such a beast to travel. He is called Merrick, yes? What does it mean? Shiva turned and looked upon Galehout for a moment. I cannot say. I speak not the northern tongue. Perhaps we shall ask his master then, when we come across him. Merrick's master is a woman, Sir Knight, and it was my understanding that you were to escort us only while we traveled upon Lord Magnus's land. I see how you could have come to that inference, but it is an error. Gaelhaut said with a smile. We are to assist the trope while they travel our lands, true enough. But you, we are to escort until you reach the guild. Lord Magnus knows you serve Leti soon, and wishes to aid her. He gestured towards Cervantimir. We have been sent to help, in whatever way we can. Shiva continued to look at the knight, not speaking. Not saying a word. Sir Gailhout slowed and pushed his horse around the cart next to Vantimir. He was smiling, it seemed, and had a calming nature to him that made him appear less dangerous than he was. Shiva looked past him to Sir Vantimir. The pair of them, he knew, were no ordinary knights. Dangerous, to be sure, but still only men. He had battled true monsters and the fear of men was no longer in him. For three days they traveled north along the frozen woods, the open fields of Lord Magnus ever present to the east. Their pace was slow, but the troop stopped only when twilight thickened, and camp was kept to a bare minimum, so that they did not lose the morning to idle waste. Often. Merrick would make to the woods in the day to hunt and eat as he liked, but each night he would come to the fire for a time, checking to see that all was well. Shiva understood. The unending music and endless chatter dribbled on in a parade of noise and clatter. Sometime it was more than he could take, and wished that he might escape into the woods as well. He had grown accustomed to Servantamir. The Silver Knight was quiet, and kept to himself. Sir Gaelhaut, in contrast, always seemed to be talking with somebody, and made his way to Shiva who stood alone by a fire beside his cart. Merrick was approaching as well, sulking out from the woods like a shadow, when the knight inquired as to how old the beast was. He's still growing, Shiva answered, watching as the wolf strode forth, shaking loose snow from his fur, before lying down beside the flame. That is all Astrid would ever say. Astrid? "'cried Galhout in surprise. "'She is known to me. "'Is she the beast's master?' "'Rarely would emotions show so plainly upon the warden's face, "'but he could not hide the surprise he felt "'as he turned to look upon Sir Gaelhout. "'She is. "'But how is it you know her? "'I was sent to retrieve her, not ten days ago, "'upon the very spot we first met you.' She and Sir Lennox had stumbled into our borders from the woods. The knight was severely wounded, but my master assured me of his recovery. Why did you not mention this sooner? Believe me, good sir, when I tell you I would have, had I known of your connection. Astrid spoke of a friend, but said not his name. When last I saw her, she was being escorted into Lohalien to meet with Lord Magnus. Then they are safe, Shiva said more to himself. Tell me, do they still reside within the tower? That I do not know, answered Gailhout sadly. For upon parting, Servantimir and I traveled to the ruins of Cathan, and there we waited as we were bid until a warden of the east and a single wolf should arrive. We were then to escort the pair on their travels. It was thought you were destined for the wizard's guild. But if that is not your terminus, then we were to aid you indefinitely. The warden looked at Galehout with renewed wonder, but his eyes hardened. Alas, that I did not hear of this sooner. I would have made straight for the tower. "'But I see now that perhaps Lord Magnus knows more than I thought, "'for he sent me you, and now I mean to use you.' "'That is pleasing to hear,' said Gaelhaut. "'I would much prefer to ride in your company "'than have trailed after you like some stray dog, "'had you refused our aid.' Shiva smiled then, though his eyes remained rigid. "'I am not so foolish, Sir Gaelhaut,' "'that I would refuse aid when offered it freely. "'We will have to ride through the forest once more to reach the guild, "'and I know the dangers of these woods, more so than most.' "'Yes, I fancy you do.' The next morning they started before dawn, walking the same road they had been following for many days. When light came, they could see the forest coming forward to meet them, and by noon they had reached a crossroad, halting beneath the great overhanging boughs of the frozen woods. One path continued north through the forest, the entrance of which was like a sort of tunnel made by two great trees that lent together. The other path broke east, running parallel to the woods once more, for as far as could be seen. Aladdin had fallen back to inquire upon which path they should take, when a single raven appeared from the woods, walking out from the entrance and taking to the air. The bird had hardly risen to the top of the trees before circling to the trope and landing at once upon Sir Vantamere's outstretched arm. Mm, said Sheba, and watched the interaction with great interest, as did Aladdin and the youth who was closest to Vantamir. The silver knight lifted his visor and tilted his head, "'bringing the bird to his ear. "'He stayed quiet for a short while, "'listening to the soft quirks of the bird "'before suddenly lifting his arm high. "'Stretching out its wings, "'the raven took to the air "'and this time did not return. "'He was soon a dark speck in the sky "'as Vantamir made his way over "'to where Gilhout and Aladdin waited. "'What news does he bring?' "'Gilhout asked. "'Only one of warning, "'Sir Vantamir began.' There is movement in the woods, foul creatures, more so than there has ever been. They are further west, deeper into the forest. Yet he gives caution, and asks we consider taking the eastern road, as the northern passage is no longer safe. Others of his flock have returned to Lahalion with the news, so that men might be posted outside the forest to warn travelers we are lucky one stayed behind how far east does the road go before turning north once more asked Alodin. a long while answered Vantamir. three days of good travel at least three days by then we will have missed the best part of the king's inauguration this passage through the woods how long will it take it's a true path through the woods and the path has always been well kept "'answered Shiva. "'If we ride through the night, "'we will clear the forests by this time tomorrow.' "'I would not recommend such action,' "'Gilhaut warned, shaking his head. "'Never have I seen the ravens so riled "'that they would leave only one "'while the others went away in warning. "'If they spoke of danger, "'then I believe it best we take their counsel seriously.' "'This won't do,' said Aladdin. Let me speak with my trope. If we miss the coronation, then this entire trip will have been a waste. We have traveled through dangerous lands before, Sogehot. A few stray ghouls do not scare us. Come, Joss. We must discuss this with the others. A hint of a smile touched at Shiva's lips as he watched Aladdin depart. He had respect for a man who would not be easily dissuaded once a goal had been set, though he did not think it was the wisest choice. He would be taking the northern passage no matter what the trope decided. His lady had told him to move quickly, and he had already lost much time, more so than he had planned for. He would delay no longer. Did the birds say nothing more of the creatures? He asked, turning to the knights. Were they hollows, or something else? Vantimir shook his head. He spoke only of the cursed. But he said that they were traveling together in large numbers, more so than had ever come before, and that they were heading north. If they are heading north, then why should he fear for us? Are they crossing through the pass? He did not say, answered Vantamir. Shiva stood then and gazed through the arch into the dim gloom of the woods. Whatever the others should choose, I ride north. I was warned that speed was of the utmost importance, and that disaster would follow should I fail. Hmm, so be it, answered Galehout. If we are to travel, then best we do it quickly, while we still have the light. I will ride and speak of our decision to the others. They will want to know our course. The trope will ride with us, said Shiva. They are all of like mind, and the temptation of the king's inauguration is more than they can deny. I concur, said Gaelhaut with a nod, but still, the conversation must be had. And with that, Gaelhaut kicked his horse forward and made his way towards Aladdin, who was speaking before the group. Shiva had been right and soon the trope was riding single file through the entrance of the frozen woods. The path itself was wide, though it swiveled round several large trees, as so not to disturb the land. Light was scarce as a thick haze hovered about. Shiva was quick to note the change, for such a fog was unnatural. He glanced sidelong towards Ogyahout, but the cheerful night seemed as disturbed as the rest, and looked upon the haze with a furrowed brow. As their eyes became accustomed to the murky light, they could see more of their surroundings, illuminated every so often by a slender beam that somehow passed through both trees and mist. But soon such beams ceased altogether, and a bitter mood fell upon the party. "'You seem perplexed, Sir Knight,' said Shiva. "'What is it that vexes you?' "'It is this bothersome fog. It is most unnatural.' There is a stirring inside me, a warning that cannot be stifled, though I know not what it is. I feel it too, Sir Knight, subtle though it may be. Best we move quickly. Perhaps one of us should lead. Galehout nodded. You're right. Vantamere, join Alderdin at the front and make sure our pace does not slacken. With a silent nod, the silver knight rode forth, passing the trope with plenty of room to spare. Not long after, their pace increased, and Shiva felt a weight lighten upon him, though not much, and not for long. The air was still within the forest, and though they thought it dim when they had entered, it was nothing compared to the perfect darkness that encompassed them when night fell. Even Shiva seemed bothered by the black and he was used to making camp in the dark places of the world. Without their lanterns, the warden could not imagine seeing his own hand had he waved it before his face. As it was, he could barely see the cart before him, and the trope's pace had come almost to a crawl. Long into the night they traveled, and as they went the lights from their lanterns drew forth moths from deep within the woods, large, bluish-white creatures that slowly surrounded them. At first it was only a few, but as time passed their numbers increased until there were hundreds of them, flapping and worrying about the trope so much that it became impossible to see, and Sir Vantamere could do nothing but call the trope to a halt. "'We will have to wait till morning,' said the Silver Knight, much to Aladdin's displeasure. "'Inform your people that they are to sleep within their wagons.' "'What of the horses?' "'They will make do.' "'With the lights put out, the moth should depart,' answered Vantamere, who had begun to turn his horse about. "'I will stand watch this night, but first I will seek counsel with Sir Galehout. "'Now be quick. I fear we are attracting more than these weary creatures.' "'He found Galehout and Shiva waiting for him near the back, and steadied his horse as Merrick sulked out from behind the cart. "'The silver knight spared a glance toward the wolf before speaking.' I had to stop. Three times I nearly lost the path, as it turned beneath me. We shall wait until morning. There is no other choice to be made. Soon after, all their lanterns were put out, and the pitch black that fell upon them was complete. With no light to draw them forth, the moths dispersed, fluttering away in all directions. Shivan and Gerhard had agreed to keep watch as well, not trusting the dark forest to give them peace. Vantamir had taken post near the front once more, leaving Galehout to walk the camp alone. With no light to guide the way, the old knight strode from one car to the next with his hand outstretched, feeling at the cold wood of the wagons. Still more time passed, and Shiva began to worry as their surroundings stayed ever dark. It was then that he sensed an ominous presence, and the warning he had felt suddenly screamed out inside him. Where has that man gone off to? he whispered, his tone anxious and concerned. Beside him, Merrick rose, sniffing at the air and turning towards the warden with bared teeth. "'Hm. Go. See that all is well,' he said to the wolf. A moment later, Merrick leapt clear of the wagon onto the unseen path and bounded off into the unknown. Shiva waited patiently, lighting a torch as his heart beat calmly inside his chest. He had learned patience— he had learned restraint. To fail at either was not in him. Oh! Came the wolf's howl suddenly. Oh! Oh! Came the second and third. Shiva jumped from the wagon, landing upon the earth with a soft pat before dashing off along the carts toward Marek's call. In the distance, a second torch was coming to meet him. Servantimir, sword drawn and ready for battle, They met just short of the center cart, but saw no sign of Galehout. Oh, came another call, this one from deep in the woods. Stay with the trope, Shiva shouted, and sprinted off towards the woods. I will reclaim our lost friends. But he did not have to go far before discovering the source of all their misfortune. With his torch blaring, he stumbled upon three spiders, wide as the snow that filled the woods crouching with fangs bared as they circled Merrick. Bundled in strings of web lay Sir Galehout, his two feet sticking out from the bottom. The great wolf stood over the night, placing himself between the spiders and their prey as muffled cries stirred beneath him. Shiva moved at once, drawing his scimitar and slashing down upon the nearest spider. It hissed out in pain before going limp. With its death, a rage fell upon the other two. They turned towards the warden, scuttling towards Shiva with blinding speed, though they did not move fast enough. Merritt caught one by its leg, shaking it violently until the limb ripped off completely. It went mad then, leaping away and scuttling off into the darkness. With a shrill hiss, the remaining spider leapt towards Shiva, shoving its leg forwards like swords to pierce the warden. Shiva darted forward to meet him, ducking low and swiping at the spider from below. He cut the creature in two before falling to the ground. He flipped over then and placed his hand upon the spider's limp corpse, drawing out his sword which was now stained black. He wiped it quickly upon the snow and sheathed it as he reached for his dagger. Half crawling and half stumbling, he made his way towards the bundled Galehout and cut at the web, breaking the threads that bound him until the night was clear. Setting the night up, Shiva peered out into the woods and took up his torch once more. "'What's happened? Are you well?' he asked. Keeping his voice low, Gailhout grabbed at his knees, trying desperately to study his shaking hands. They fell upon me from above, he said, his voice thin and weak. Gagged me with their web, and stung me with their filthy poison. He tried to rise but faltered, staying on one knee until Shiva took him beneath his arm and helped him to his feet. The fog, it is an illusion. We've walked into their den. We must move now or risk being consumed. At that moment, Shiva, who was fixing his eyes upon the woods, saw a twinkle of light in the distance. There, he said. Sir Ventimir has lit the way. Now come. The road is not far. There was a hollow scream then as lights began to spring forth. Lanterns and torches both, illuminating the troop in a line of fire. More shouts accompanied the fresh light, and terror reigned in the distance. Merrick, go! Sparing only a quick look toward Shiva, the wolf bounded off towards the lights. More shouts followed as the trope roused to life, and Merrick slipped ahead of them. With Sir Gailhout poisoned, he shook with every step, resting upon Shiva as his body drooped low. Their pace was slow, but they had cleared the gap and were nearly back to the road when out of the corner of his eyes, Shiva caught the movement of another spider leaping down from behind a tree without a sound and scuttling towards the pair. Shiva was reaching for his sword when Sir Gailhout's hand whipped back and forward in a flash of silver. The spider fell dead with a long blade sticking out from its eye. One of my best daggers, Galehout muttered, but made no attempt to retrieve it as Shiva drove them forward. Never have I come across such creatures in these woods. From where did this new evil come? I know not, answered Shiva. Perhaps from beyond the mountain. Either way, we cannot tarry. They should not have been able to hide from my master, nor from the ravens. Their illusion must be very strong indeed, to hide them so thoroughly. Indeed, Shiva answered, and thought at once of the fog. Soon they reached a low bend and stepped clear of the forest onto the path just south of the trope. The screams had stopped, and strewn about the camp were more white corpses, three or four of them from what Shiva could see. He could hear men shouting from further up, when Joss suddenly appeared holding a bow with arrow knocked. They're here, he called back, and ran out to meet the pair. Is everyone safe? Gilhout asked. The old knight was beginning to shake quite a bit as Shiva lifted him up onto the back of the cart. Can't say, Joss answered. Most of the spiders had been slain by the time I awoke. Otto handed me a bow and told me to keep watch. Stay with him, Shiva said, gesturing to the knight, and be ready to move quickly. Leaving Sir Galehout with the youth, he moved on, passing the carts one by one. As of yet he saw none who had been killed, but several had been poisoned and were beginning to feel its effects. He found Aladdin near the front, speaking quietly with Otto and Sir Vantamir. Merrick called out the warden's arrival, and the three reached for the weapons, relaxing when they saw it was Shiva. "'Is held well? Did you find him?' said Vantamir. The Silver Knight had lost his helm in the fray and stood dirtied from battle with his long hair pulled back. He has been badly poisoned, Shiva answered, and is resting on the rear cart with Jos. I'm afraid he is rather unfit to fight should the need arise, which it might indeed if we do not move quickly. You want us to ride now? Half the bloody tropes been poisoned, and already the moths are fluttering about, argued Otto. What else can we do? "'Wait to be attacked once again?' asked Aladdin. "'Morning must be near,' interjected Vantamir. "'We need only wait a little longer.' "'Morning will not come,' Shiva said sharply. "'Gilhaut said as much, and I sense it now, too. "'This entire wood has been bewitched. "'We must press on, and we must do it now.' "'Bewitched?' said Vantamir, gazing about.' I have felt no magic here. It is subtle. We should wait until we have more light, Otto replied sternly. What happens if we should get off the trail? It was hard enough to see when we were moving slowly, and already the moths are returning. Have you heard nothing I've said? shouted Shiva. We need to go now, or we will never see light again. Otto was about to speak, but hesitated, eyeing the warden narrowly. When he spoke next, he sounded disgusted with himself. Right then, I believe you, but it's been nothing but trouble since you showed up like a vagrant drifter. He turned to Aladdin. Once we're clear of the woods, either he gets on his way or I do. I'm taking my wagon, and any who want to go with me. Alden's eyebrow rose in surprise. Your terms have been made perfectly clear, and will be addressed after we clear this mess. As it is, I agree. The forest has felt ill ever since we set foot upon this cold path, and I can't see it getting any better. We push on, and quickly as we can. What of the moths? asked Vantamir. What of them? answered Shiva. Surely the light will draw them forth, and we will be none the better. Moths or no, it is the only way. We must try. He paused then, looking out along the darkness of the path. I'll set torches upon the trees as we go. It may not keep all of them at bay, but perhaps it will draw enough that we will be able to move freely. It will be dangerous leaving the road. I will have Merrick with me said Shiva. Now let's depart. We have wasted enough time as it is. The moths came sooner than expected, fluttering about in flashes of white and ash gray. Yet as they continued on, the swarm lessened, drawn back by the steady stream of light left behind by Shiva. They went on for a long time like that, walking through the dark unknown Joss sat atop the rear cart beside Sir Galehout with an arrow knocked, keeping an eye upon the warden and his beast. The breathlessness of the air tightened all around them, growing still and stagnant, heavy and dark. They walked as it were, with little hope through the darkness. Even so, they went on, into the deeper parts of the forest. The past must end eventually, Shiva knew, and looked back along the trail of fire. Deep into nothing it went, reminding him of an endless cavern road beside the undead cathedral. It was then that he noticed he had fallen behind, and when he moved to catch up, found that the carts were moving faster than he expected. He looked about, curious as to what had brought on the change when he saw it. A break in the darkness, a ray of light that pierced through the trees like a spear. Gazing ahead, he saw more rays, many more. And in the surrounding darkness, where none could hear him, he laughed, and relief fell upon him, though his eyes remained hard. Pressing his heels into his steeds' flanks, he galloped forward, feeling the wind against his face as he broke through the stagnant air. The light grew quickly then, filling the forest first with a dim haze, and then with a brilliant light, shining upon the snow and illuminating the ice like shimmering diamonds and fields of white. He heard Joss laughing from the distance, and saw the youth grinning gingerly at the sun. We made it, he shouted as Shiva drew up beside the cart. We're through. Not yet, answered Shiva, his eyes stern as he looked back over his shoulder. He turned to the youth. Don't let your guard down. There are other foul creatures in these woods besides spiders, and some that are not afraid of light. The youth laughed uneasily as if he thought it were a joke, but Shiva's distant stare made him fall quiet. Keep the watch, he said again, before moving up the line. An uneasiness still lay upon the warden, warning him, but to all the rest their fear had faded with the passing shadows. They believed they had seen the worst of it. Perhaps they have, but it was foolish to assume. Looking about the forest he galloped on, until he suddenly realized that the entire trope had stopped, and before him, Cervantimir stood conversing with Aladdin and Otto before a great split in the road. He drew rein as he neared, bringing his horse to a stop, and gazing once more into the spider's hole that lay behind them. Its dark force could still be felt, as they were not too far removed as of yet. "'What is the delay? We are clear of that foul place, but we should not linger. "'We've come to a split,' Sir Cervantimir answered." The eastern road leads to Solaire, while the northern road continues on to the guild. What then is the delay? There is no delay, answered Alden with a smile. Sir Vantamere was simply offering coin that we might carry on with Sir Galehout, while he rides north with you. I refused, of course, but the knight insisted. He will need treatment, Vantamere said. See that he gets the best, and there will be more silver when next we meet. He turned then toward Shiva. Gather your belongings. We continue on. The warden looked to Otto then, and was surprised when the sour man gave him a half nod. He returned the nod, and pushed his steed so that he was beside Alodin. I'm sorry for any trouble I may have caused you. It was not my intent. The blond man sighed. If I didn't know any better... I'd have thought you a cursed man, but perhaps having you along saved us. He raised his hand up to the warden, and Shiva took it firmly in his own. Travel safely, said the warden, and do not delay. You as well, answered Aladdin. Perhaps we will meet again. Maybe. I will ask my lady when I see her next. And with that he departed, returning to the rear cart to retrieve his effects, and say his goodbyes to the youth. He checked Sir Galehout one last time, and together with Sir Vantamere beside him, watched as the trope departed, traveling east upon the forest road. Will they be safe? He asked as the trope dipped around the bend. Safer than us, answered the Silver Knight, but only at present. There is a darkness fallen upon these woods, and I cannot say how long the guild can stand against it not without aid. The last remnants of the trope disappeared then, and Shiva looked one last time towards the dark lair of the spiders and turned, kicking his horse into a fast trot to make up what lost time he could.